Blog Talk Radio. Fans, welcome to the show. Sign guy along with the coach with the most coming ass from coast to coast. He does mean to brag, but he's got to boast. His favorite all time part of social media is making a post. Coach Mike Jones with you. We're going to jump into things right away today. We have for you the extreme official. You might remember him from ECW or Ring of Honor or some of the East Coast independent promotions. H.C. Lowe, thank you so much for taking time today to be with us. Welcome to the program. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Since today's your first time with us, I will start you out today with the first-timer question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Oh, man. You know, it's uh, kind of the same story everybody has, right? I grew up loving it so much. It was a passion my whole life, and didn't really know how to be involved with it. That was the dream, but it was a dream that I wasn't sure I could attain. Uh, I'm so old and been doing it so long. There was no internet. There was nothing like that. That we didn't. I didn't ever hear of a wrestling school. I didn't know what that was. And then uh, at some point in 1994, I feel it was uh, literally divine intervention. For some reason, God put it right there in front of me. On my local news, a man named Bob Bailey came up one night saying he was opening up a pro wrestling school about 25 minutes from my house. And uh, I went down and I, uh, gosh, I was so scared to walk in because I'm not the biggest guy in the world. And those times back in 1994, there were still giants on television. I hadn't, I hadn't discovered Rey Mysterio or anybody like that, like that yet. So uh, I thought they'd tell me I was too short or something like that. So I might, my plan was, Hey, uh, Maybe he'll just let me sweep up. Maybe he'll let me be around it just because I love it so much. Let me learn about the business. But luckily that wasn't the case, and I ended up being his first student. And uh, I started uh, started with him in 1994, and my first match was January 15th, 1995. In recent times, you have not only done several roles in front of the fans, like wrestler, referee, uh, things of that nature. You also have gotten into the promotional aspect of wrestling. What was it about the promotion of wrestling that attracted you? Well, actually, I kind of fell into that. I always wanted to. Like, I've always had, once you become a veteran in the game, you know, especially on the independents, not that I book myself or that I'm a booker by any means, but I, uh, you know, they'd let me have some say and ask what I thought about certain things. And uh, I'd been training wrestlers for a long, long time, well over 20 years. And I opened up a new wrestling school um, in Horseheads, New York. It's called the Fighting Arts Pro Wrestling Institute. And I partnered uh, with a company called Excite Wrestling. They actually came to me and asked if, if uh, we take a lease on this building, 
would you put your wrestling school in there? And part of the deal we worked out was, yes, I'd, I'd be glad to. And it's a large enough building where we can fit four or five, maybe 600 people in there. And uh, so I teach my school there and uh, we um, promote monthly shows out of there. So I kind of fell into that role and I got to tell you, I really love it. So I have, I get to perform as a wrestler. I get to be a coach and teach and teach uh, the stars of tomorrow. And then I get to be creative and put together shows uh, for some, for some folks that are really close to home. Um, I, I grew up in upstate New York. So, uh, every single weekend for my entire life, almost 30 years now, uh, is a three, four, five, eight, ten hour drive to get to a wrestling show. And now I can teach my school and promote wrestling shows 20 minutes from my house. So it's pretty great. And you were fortunate enough fairly young in your career to get national exposure with ECW and a lot of wrestlers will in their formative years once they get some national exposure they will use that to sort of maintain a foothold on the independence and be able to use the name recognition to work more steadily once you got to ECW did you find from that point forward it was easier for you to get bookings because of that exposure or did you have more difficulty with the exposure after wrestling sort of changed once ECW stopped running? No, I would say that, I mean, it, it was, it was the biggest boot. It still is, believe it or not. I mean, when did we close? We being ECW, I think it's 2023. So it has to be uh 23 years ago. I think we closed. Now I was there for the better part of three years. And, um, it's funny. I'm on a show tonight. Maybe your maybe your listeners can hear in the background. I hope I hope it's not too loud. But fans are filing into a show right now in Rochester, New York, where in a couple hours a ring announcer will announce me as an ECW original. And uh, of course, the fans will chant ECW, and whether they know me or not, and most of them do here. I'm lucky enough. But if they don't know me, they know ECW, right? And it's it, it's been such a blessing for my career. And I would think that there's. Um, Nothing like that ever in the history of the business, right? Even if you were a star in WWE, even if you did really, really well there, no one announces you as WWE original. They, they, they might uh, promote that you were with the WWE, or they might assume that people know you because you saw them on their television. But that term, that ECW original thing that I'm a member of the few and the proud to get to call myself that, it's, it's been a tremendous abuse. Uh, boost to uh, my career and my bookings and I mean it, it's been the bulk of my career that I've been able to call myself an ECW original because I was only what would that be five years in the business when I when I got my job there um, so it's been 23 years since ECW closed uh, but at any rate <clears throat> excuse me yeah it, it's been a huge boost huge huge boost boost obviously you were known in ECW as the extreme official, and even though you did wrestle matches, you were a referee, and you did a referee turn wrestler type of gimmick. Do you get a lot of people when they come to your wrestling school looking to you 
to mainly train them as a referee, or do they look to use being able to train them for everything in the business? Do you have sort of guys that have a preconceived notion either way as what you're suited to train? Well, I would say maybe uh, almost everyone that comes is training to be a wrestler. Um, so not everybody knows. Sounds like you might know. I was a wrestler before I was the extreme official. I, uh, I was an independent wrestler. Um, and I got a job in ECW as a wrestler, but by the time I debuted on television, it just happened to be that character, and I'm very blessed to have it because it was quite unique. Um, where I where I would uh, go out to referee a match, and a heel would come out and grab a microphone and get in my face, and maybe try to hit me, and I'd hit him back, and we'd have a little match, and I'd hit a finish. And I would cover them and count three myself as the referee and signal for the bell. And that always got a great reaction out of the, out of the fans. When we did that around the loop. We'd go around the country doing that. So I was a wrestler first. But it also allowed me to learn to be a good referee. I, um, I, uh, one of my best friends ever in the history of, business, in, of the business is Mike Keener. He is uh, also an ECW original, and he is a trained referee. He's a great wrestler, too, a great wrestling trainer. But he would, whereas I would call myself a wrestler that knows how to referee, he would call himself a referee that knows how to wrestle. You know what I mean? And um, he always told me that the best, the best a referee could do would be, uh, their, their dream come true would be to referee a world title match on pay-per-view. And I got to do that as a referee. So I get to bring that to my students as well. So right now I currently have maybe 20, 25 active trainees at my school. And I would say probably 22 of them are aspiring wrestlers. And some of them are doing great. Some of them are on the show I'm on tonight. But two or three of them are training to be referees. So I'm lucky enough where I don't own, I don't just uh, – I get to train everybody at everything because I've had to do everything in my career. And, of course, you know, uh, um, not to give you too long a winded of answer, but in wrestling that's called paying your dues, right? You do any job you can to be around it. And there were nights in ECW, several of them, where we would, we would go on tour and listen to the schedule. I would drive the ring truck. I would get to the building. I would set up the ring. I would work out before the doors open with Tracy's mothers. That was part of our job. I would sell T-shirts. Then I would go backstage, and I would wrestle. I would referee. I would ring announce from backstage. Then I would tear down the ring and drive to the next town. That's called paying your dues. And I did all of those jobs and learned how to do them at a very, very high level. This was ECW at its peak. And now I'm able to teach that to other people. So if there's a job in professional wrestling, I've done it. You mentioned Tracy Smothers, whom we lost a couple of years ago. And he was very, very much beloved in the wrestling industry. He was a mentor and a help to countless people in professional wrestling. He did a lot for a lot of people that most of us will never even realize. What was it like having someone like Tracy Smothers working with you that you had access to if you had questions or needed help? It was a huge blessing. It was a huge, huge blessing, and I, and I hope that I can take just a little bit of what he taught me and a lot of guys like me, and I can be anywhere near close to that blessing for 
the young wrestlers of today. I'm not going to put myself on the same level as Tracy by any means, but in that same vein, he was a guy that, again, had done it all, and he'd been around since the territory days um, so that he was doing this every single night. I mean, in ECW when I was there, we did it four nights a week, and I had to travel for two others, so it was pretty much every night. But he'd do it, he did it every night of the week, and he knew everything. And um, it was kind of understood that if you had a question about something, maybe you should do this in a match or maybe you shouldn't, uh, Tracy kind of had final say. Whatever he said, yeah, man, go ahead and do that. And he would always say, hey, man. That's how, you've probably heard people do their Tracy Smothers impersonation. He said, hey, man, yeah, go ahead and do that, Lope. You know, then you knew it was okay because Tracy said so. And, um, and uh, he was a mentor. The last time I saw him before he unfortunately passed away was two or three. I'm not going to get the timeline right. I'm not, not sure how long it's gone, but two or three summers ago, we were on the same show in Nashville, and I was lucky enough to see him there and thank him for everything he did for me and for a lot of guys like me. And I'll tell you a quick story on that. He was selling these great T-shirts. Maybe you've seen them. It said, um, Tracy Smothers, Everybody Dies on it, uh, which was the um, the same font as the Metallica Master of Puppets, Puppets uh, uh, album cover. And he was known for saying that, Everybody Dies. And I said, Tracy, i got to have one of your uh, – one of your shirts, how much are they, man? And he said, uh, he said, Loke, where do you live these days, man? I said, I still live in New York. He said, I can't take that New York currency. You better take this for free. And that's just the kind of guy he was. You know, he was a, he was a mentor, a hero, and um, to have access to his brain and his experience was invaluable. I still teach his lessons all the time. This week, I was at my wrestling school, and a question came up, and I told Tracy's mother's story, and I'm sure I will for the rest of my life. That's fantastic, and if anybody out there is listening, if we hear Tracy sucks one more time, then everybody dies. <laughs> right on. Well, at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I know Coach has some questions as well, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Coach, are you there? Hello. Oh, there he is. He had me muted there for a we second. Go. Sorry about that. Hey, uh-huh. uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you coming on. It's an honor, and thanks for your time. We know you're a busy man. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure and to talk to you guys. Man, New York is one of my girlfriend's favorite uh, places, right there next to Seoul, South Korea. I haven't made it there yet, but I'm looking forward to coming there someday. Have you had the chance of working with Evan Ginsberg or um, or Andrew Anderson yet? Andrew Anderson, sure, all the time. Yeah, Evan, Evan and I are Facebook friends, but I, I've never worked with him. But Andrew Anderson's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, I love him. Okay, nice. All right. And then let's see. I'm sure the fans and sign guy would love to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. What? I'm sorry. Say again. Your favorite coffee to drink? My favorite coffee? You know what? I'm not a huge coffee guy, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you how whipped I am. Okay, every morning I get up before my what? Before my wife gets up, and I go to Dunkin' Donuts and get her her favorite coffee. And I got to order it the same way every time. It better be a large hot coffee with three creams. If it's two creams, I'm in trouble. If it's four creams, I'm in trouble. So I got to double check. So I've been hunting <laughs> around for stuff like that. So. 
I, I, I went for a long time. I went with iced coffee with some Splenda, but uh, now I'm back to uh, just try and just try. And they got these. I don't even know what it is, man. Like these. Uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, macchiato. I've been trying these. I don't even know what that means, but I've been trying it. But yeah. I've never been a huge coffee guy. I gotta tell you. But because I have to, I have to go for Mrs. Loke every morning. So, uh, so I try to find stuff I like. Right on. And then, hey, we're watching the time here. How about, can you give us till 140? Is that good? Sure. Okay, cool. Well, 140 our time. <laughs> well, I, I sure, that sounds great. Yeah, I think that's going to be 440 for me, and, and that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so who were some of your heroes growing up? Uh, heroes before I got in the business, I started off like with as a Hulkamaniac like everybody else, man. I mean, when I saw that, I was hooked, you know, um, and uh, and uh, I was totally enthralled with that. And when uh, Danny Moff and I were talking about this the other day, you guys probably know Danny, but uh, when uh, Paul Orndorff uh, Paul Orndorff turned on him, I moped around my parents' house for three or four days. I was so sad, <laughs> but uh, that was him. I was a big Hulkamaniac. And then I, and then when Ultimate Warrior came in, I was a big guy on Ultimate Warrior. And this is all before I got in the business, obviously. Obviously, once I started watching it like a student, and started like thinking about, man, I'd like to do this someday, and trying to learn how to do it. And of course, you can learn a lot from Hulk Hogan. He's a master psychologist in there. But when I start talking about the athleticism and stuff, I'd like to copy and emulate myself. You know, where else do you go? It's uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You know, all the way. Yes, definitely. What about in sports, music, or ordinary life? Sports? The only sport I've ever truly loved is professional wrestling. You know, I'm a New York Yankees fan. I have a tattoo of them. It's, uh, it has a lot to do with where I live. Um, but uh, the as far as mainstream sports, and I still call pro wrestling a sport, the only thing I've really loved and followed is pro wrestling. As far as music, um, I've been a, a drummer my entire life. Uh, I uh, I played in bands longer than I've been a professional wrestler. I've been a pro wrestler for almost 30 years. In fact, uh, there was a time when when uh, I was with Ring of Honor, where we had a deal worked out with our manager, where say Ring of Honor had a match in Chicago, he would book my band in a club in Chicago that night, and we would go around and do that in different cities. So it was pretty cool. So I was always into uh, I like. I like a little bit of everything. There's not a genre you could throw at me where I don't like something, but I've always been a big metal guy or hard rock guy, metal guy. Pantera is probably my favorite band of all time. Nice. Okay. And then did you play sports in high school or growing up? Not so much. You know, when I was a kid, there was Little League and a little bit of basketball here and there. I've always said I wished that I wrestled in high school because it would help me in my career now. Um uh, believe it or not, just that whole uh, grappling and learning how to do this stuff for real, as I've had to learn it on the back end now. Uh, I wish I had that foundation when I was young, but but no, I didn't do much in high school as far as that goes. I was just a I was just a music guy and a wrestling nerd. And then, what's your self defense background? Um, I trained a little bit in Jeet Kune Do, which was uh, um, Bruce Lee style of martial arts. Uh, a friend of mine. It's funny how all these stories tie together. A friend of mine that uh, graduated from the same high school as I did four or five years earlier than I did was a pro drummer, and he moved to Los Angeles, where he played with bands that you may have heard of, like Badlands and Suicidal Tendencies and 
and uh, Infectious Grooves and stuff like that in a band called Soil. He ended up singing for them. Uh, anyway, uh, when he wasn't on the road as a musician, he trained in Bruce Lee's style of martial arts, which is called Jeet Kune Do. And I would uh, train with him um, whenever he was in town or whenever I was in L.A., and I could do that. Nothing nothing that I could, uh, you know, I, I feel like between that and, of course, 30 years as a pro wrestler, I could maybe handle myself, but I'm nobody to give anybody lessons in that in that discipline by any means. I, I, I can give you a pro wrestling lessons all day long, but probably no martial arts or, or fighting background as far as that. Okay, great. Yes, I'm a huge Kundo fan and uh, Bruce Lee. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. Who are some of your favorite people to work with? Oh, man, that's a long list. Um, just in no particular order, um, I always loved working with Steve Carino. Um, believe it or not, back when we were young, green kids that didn't know anything, my first singles match was with Steve Carino, and then I wrestled him again several times in ECW, and then I wrestled him a bunch on Independence afterwards before he got his job, obviously, as a coach in NXT now. I love working with Tommy Dreamer, um, Bull James. If you guys know who Bull James is, he was Bull Dempsey in NXT. He's a fantastic opponent. Love working with him. Um Currently, uh, you know, uh, most of my favorite work, though, believe it or not, was as a member of the Carnage crew with my partner, my brother, Tony DeVito, who was a member of the Baldies in ECW. And we had these great, great matches with the Backseat Boys and the Briscoe Brothers and the SATs. And, oh, man, the, the, I, I love those feuds a great deal. Awesome. Okay. And then who were some of the toughest opponents you faced? Toughest? Uh Let's see. Who would I put up there? I'm going to tell you um, Tracy Smothers because every match you ever had with him, you thought he was mad at you because he beat you up so much, but he wasn't. It's just how he works. <laughs> and um, and Dan Moff. Dan Moff, I love working with Dan so much. And um, I don't get me wrong, Danny Moff will hit you hard, but he'll let you hit you hard, hit hit him hard back. Good, stiff, beautiful matches. You know, he's a He's a tough son of a gun and, and a real pleasure to be in there with, but he's a real tough opponent in a good way. You know what I mean? Yes, right on. Okay, and then what do you got coming up besides today? Oh, tons of stuff. But what I'm going to tell you right now is uh, about a company called Excite Wrestling, and I'd love everybody to check out ExciteWrestling.com or search for Excite Wrestling on, on Facebook, and that's Excite with an X, no E-X, just X-C-I-T-E. Um, and that's there actually became my partners that I, I, I was telling your partner earlier. Um, I teach my wrestling school out of horse, out of horses, New York. And we run a show once a month out of my wrestling school under that Excite wrestling banner. Um, and coming up on June 2nd, I will face um, our current Excite champion. His name is Mike Skyro. Scott, he's a hell of a talent. I'm going to go for that title, see what I can do there. That's kind of my goal a little bit at this point you know, see if the old man can win the big one one more time, you know, um, see what I can do with that. But we, uh, uh, Excite Wrestling, uh, we run once a month in Horses, New York, and once a month in Binghamton, New York. Uh, so I'm pretty lucky about that, to, to have that at my disposal. Uh, and that's what's coming up next for me after today. Um, there's other independents in there that, unfortunately, I can't name off the top of my head. I have to look at my calendar. But that's the next big thing. We're hoping to have a packed house for those. Okay, right on. And how do people get a hold of you? 
if you check me out on Twitter at HCLoke1 uh, or uh, Instagram at HCLoke1, or if you search HCLoke on Facebook, I will come up. But I'm there under my shoot name, Matt Knowles. Believe it or not, my mother did not name me HCLoke. She named me Matt <laughs> Knowles. And if you can find that on there, and here's the cheat code. Uh, Beyonce's dad's name was Matt Knowles, and I know that because I used to get phone calls every single night at midnight or so looking from Beyonce's fans looking for her father or looking for her. But I'm not her father, I swear to God. But we have the same name. So so uh, Matt Knowles is my shoot name. You can find me on Facebook, or if you search HC Loke, it'll be there, or just Google HC Loke if you get a hold of that. And that will lead you to my wrestling school and to all of my dates. And I really, really hope that some of your listeners will check us out. Oh, definitely. And then, yes, I'm a huge metal fan, and I've seen Pantera. But what is some of your favorite concerts you've seen? Oh, man, I've seen a bunch. You know, I, I've been real lucky. But uh, I caught um, a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, I guess it was pre-pandemic, um, Slayer did what they're calling, they called at the time their farewell tour. But we know how that goes. They'll be back. But um, they uh, they uh, were out and they had um, Testament with them, who was, when I was in high school, that was one of my favorite bands. And Anthrax with them, who was fantastic. And I love them so much. So those were fantastic. But um I'm going to put, believe it or not, well, you will believe this because I mentioned Pantera is probably my favorite band. Seeing Pantera in the 90s at Darien Lake in Buffalo, New York, um, they uh, they uh, actually it was an infamous night because Phil Anselmo got arrested that night for throwing a microphone in a security guard who was beating up a fan. But that's just the kind of guy he was. But um, they had this thing, and they still do it. As a matter of fact, just today I watched it because they're back together. They got Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante playing with them. <laughs> Uh, as you probably know, but they opened yeah. with their song, A New Level, and they opened with it back then. And my favorite concert moment of my entire life was they pull up the big curtain in front of the stage, you know, so they could set up behind them and do all that stuff. You know that gimmick where they have the curtain in front of the stage so the fans can't see the stage. And when the yeah. time is right, that curtain drops, and they started a new, if you know Pantera, you know the song, A New Level. They screeched in that song, and that drummer hit the downbeat, and that curtain dropped. And here's Phil Anselmo out front with his own security guards trying to get that curtain, and he's pushing them out of the way because he's got to get to the fans. And I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it, and that was my favorite concert <laughs> I've ever been to. That was my favorite moment I've ever seen live in my life. Wow, what a blessing, yes. Okay, and then, hey, we might have to go to see Beyonce so I can yell out, who's your daddy? There you go, who's your dad? <laughs> Funny thing like that about that, and this is, you know, Nobody thinks this is impressive but me, but my ex-wife, I, I love my wife so much, my current wife. I love my ex-wife, too. She was a great lady. She's the mother of my kids. But her name was Tina Knowles, and that is Beyonce's mother's name. So that's why we got those phone calls all the time, because they were looking for Matthew wow. and, Vinny and Tina Knowles, and that's her parents' name. So happened all the time. Man. Okay. Yeah. And I'm running low on my se- my segment here with you. I got a couple more minutes for you. But – uh. What suggestions would you have for people wanting to get into the business? Take it seriously, man. Don't uh, just understand that, um, you know, you don't have to quit your day job and you don't have to, uh, to um, neglect your family, but understand that this life is, this life is all consuming. You know what I mean? Um, It is, uh, it's okay if it's your hobby, as long as you don't treat it like a hobby, if that makes sense. Understand that our industry is based on respect. 
It's based on etiquette that uh, where you respect your elders or respect the business that came before you. Understand that it's a very, very hard life and that it's a lot of hard work. Your training is going to be hard. The bumps are going to hurt sometimes. There's going to be eight, ten-hour car rides with six or eight of you crammed into a car or a van, and that's going to be hard, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best time of your life. And if you can remember, I always tell my students this on their first day when they come. It's a lot of hard work, but, God, it's a great, great life. And when I look back on what I've got to do, and I'm not just talking about ECW and Ring of Honor, where people nationally might know me. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about just being on whatever independent show, just getting to be the guy that gets to hear his music played and go to the ring. It's a great life. And, um, and if you decide to get in the wrestling business and you think about the hard things and how sometimes, man, this sucks. I didn't get paid as much as I wanted or that the crowd wasn't there or I got hurt a little bit today or whatever. But if you stop for just a second and you think to yourself, the thing I've loved the most in my entire life is professional wrestling. And I just got to be a pro wrestler. That's pretty goddamn cool, right? So uh, that's awesome. what I hang my hat yeah. on all the time. You know, I hang my hat on that all the time. That's what I tell my students. That's what I tell anybody to listen. Just remember how lucky you are that you get to do this, even on the bad days. And you mentioned your schools. Is there any other schools you'd like to recommend? Sure. There's a, there's a handful. I always call them my sister schools. Um, my school is in uh, is in upstate New York. Most of most of my favorite schools are, to be honest with you. Not to say there isn't any good ones anywhere else, but if you were to go to the Fighting Arts Pro Wrestling Institute or Excite Wrestling, that's me. There's um, there's the uh, the uh, Ground Zero Pro Wrestling up in Rochester, New York, and there's a second Rochester, New York uh, uh, school called uh, called UPW Upstate Pro Wrestling. That's actually where I'm at today, and uh, that. Where I'm in a place right now, I'm looking at the posters around right now where this is where the, the late, great Brody Lee started, stuff like Colin Delaney, you know, some guys that have really done some stuff in the business. And I'm proud to say that I helped those guys along the way. I've been coming here for 20 years, and today's our 20-year anniversary at the show I'm at right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's some good schools in western New York. There's some bad ones, too. You know, I'm not going to badmouth anybody right here. But I would say do your research, and I would say um, – you know, if you can see some people that have come out of there, some people that are booked on their shows, don't be afraid to message some people and ask for, and ask uh, ask them what they think of the place. You know, just because somebody owns a wrestling ring and says they'll train you doesn't mean they're qualified to. So really do your research before you uh, give anybody money and and uh, trust them with your future. Definitely. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you for my segment on this show. I wish you all the luck in the world. We appreciate you, and I'm sure Sign Guy has some more. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You're Thank you, Coach. Well, H.C. Lope, one of the things in professional wrestling that has been around since the beginning and continues to this day is dealing with state athletic commissions. For people listening that aren't familiar, every state varies. Some states have none at all. Some states have ones that are very active and very strict on rules and regulations. Some states have a commission that only requires you to send them a check every year, and then they stay completely out of everything else. Especially in the Northeast, I know sometimes the commissions can be tricky on being able to follow the rules and maintaining 
the rules while still giving the fans what they expect. How much in your own career have you dealt with the various athletic commissions and have you had many difficulties dealing with these commissions? Oh, sure. I mean, huge. I mean, there's a, you know, if I look out the window of the office I'm in right now, I can see the state athletic commission doctor at the show I'm at right now. I'm in New York today. Uh, There's actually a bill in front of the state Senate right now looking to uh, possibly get rid of the commission in in New York. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but it's evolved over the years. When I broke in back in the early 90s, um, it was a lot more strict than it is now. We had to have fingerprints, and uh, we had to have uh, uh, pitcher licenses, pitcher IDs um, uh, that said you were a licensed wrestler on it and stuff like that, but – to their credit, also if you got hurt on the wrestling on a wrestling show, the state would pay for it. They no longer do that. Now they just seem to give you a bunch of rules, want to check, and don't do too much for you as far as the New York State Athletic Commission. Go one state over to New Jersey, and you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, whatever. If you want to bleed or use barbed wire or throw somebody through glass, no one cares there. In New York, it's hit or miss. Sometimes um, the rules technically say you can't do anything like that. You can't, you know, you can't, you're not even really supposed to slap hands with the fans technically, but at least half the time the commission doesn't show up. They still want their check, but (laughs) half the time they don't show up, you know, but, uh, but sure. I can think of one time specifically in ring of honor uh, when we were in Pennsylvania and a lot of people know the name Frank talent. He was the, um, State Athletic Commission uh, a chairman in Philadelphia, and he was a great old guy, and he'd been around boxing and wrestling forever. But at any rate, his deputy was there one day, and my team, the Carnage Crew, was taking on the team called the Special K in Ring of Honor. It was myself, Tony DeVito, and Justin, Justin Credible versus uh, these young guys in Special K. And uh, we were brawling around ringside, brawling around ringside, and Justin Credible, just kind of out, out of habit, uh, got sent towards the guardrail rail and got flew over the guardrail. Well, the state athletic commission saw that and rang the bell. That wasn't the finish of the match, but he forced him to ring the bell. So we kind of kept going anyway, and and we were lucky in that it kind of amped up the excitement in the building. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of didn't ruin it. If anything, it kind of made it better. But um, you know that was something that was totally unplanned and. He just took it upon himself because technically that's breaking the rule, go, falling over the guardrail, and rang the bell and stopped our match. Um, so those things can happen. Um, different straights are different. I would say most now, I don't know the exact data on it, but I, I'm sure most states don't have a commission or have a very lenient commission. But um, sometimes they can be pretty, pretty strict, and, and New York was one of the strictest and still can be. But but um, like I said, we didn't mind it when I was young because they did a lot for the wrestlers. Now it's it's not like that so much. They um, are just more for their cut of the money, if I'm honest, you know, and, and they require you to have an ambulance on site, which is great for the wrestlers. But uh, you mentioned earlier about me being a wrestling promoter. I pay $300 an hour for an ambulance to be at my show. Which is great. I mean, we should do that anyway. We want our wrestlers to be safe. But on top of that, they want their 5 or 10% or whatever it is, and they don't even send anybody to the show. It, um, it begins to be uh, kind, of, kind of bull crap after a while, you know? 
I definitely understand that for sure. Well, we are down to the last few minutes of the time you have for us, so I want to make sure you have enough time to say anything you would like to say, plug anything you would like to plug, social medias, appearances, merchandise, your favorite car dealership, anything in the world you would like. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, uh, if there's anything I can plug right now, check me out on social media. Just search HC Loke for many of your any of the social media apps, and, and you'll find me there, even if even if it's under my shoot name. Uh, check out ExciteWrestling.com or Excite Wrestling on Facebook, and that's the company that I teach the wrestling school for. That's my big stuff that I got. That's my main priority right now. Um, I'm proud to say that I was uh, I've worked for WWE and WCW. I was an ECW original. I was a Ring of Honor original, and now Excite Wrestling tends to be my that's that's my home base now. So I hope everybody will give us a chance and check that out. Um, beyond that, I don't have a lot to plug. Um, I love my wife and kids. That's the prettiest girl in the world. If anybody wants to check me out on Facebook and see pictures of my beautiful new wife, uh, uh, you'll agree with me. Uh, but other than that, that's that's what I'm most proud of is wife and kids and, and uh, my wrestling school and what I got going on at Excite Wrestling. Well, H.C. Loke, I want to thank you very, very much for taking time today to be with us. We know you're at a show and are busy, but we definitely appreciate you doing the interview today. Best of luck today. Hope your house is a full one and nobody gets hurt, and we will do this again sometime if you're willing Thanks, to come back. Yeah, please, man. Get a hold of me and let's do it again, okay? Absolutely. And if you see C. Loke is going to be on a show near you, go check it out. He's a great performer, great veteran of this business, so get out there and support him. Coach, some show notes for today. If you're looking for some wrestling besides what just got mentioned today, AWA running a multi-promotional show in Glendale, Arizona, Warrior Pro Wrestling in Danville, Indiana, NSW in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, TSW in Vincennes, Indiana, and Catalyst Wrestling happening in Brooklyn, New York. Coach, I'm going to wager that you got some plugs to plug. I do. I have a special show tonight at 8 o'clock. Had to reschedule for the one and only Kenny Lush. He represents rock and wrestling really well. He's toured all over the world for his rock band and for wrestling. Looking forward to talking to him tonight on the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. Also, my upcoming schedule is next Saturday, the 27th, John and Emily will be on. That's Aaron Bolo's biggest fan, Emily. And then on June 3rd, I got the chef, Mean Mark. That'll be noon Pacific on Saturdays. And then also, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach of the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And I want to thank all the fans for all your love and support and feedback, and for Sun Guy and QT Volks and J- JD John for creating Turnbuckle Turmoil. And then I'm coming up on two years now, filling in for QT, and I'm really grateful. Thank you guys. Absolutely. It was great to have QT back on Friday when he helped us out with Paul. And if you're looking for our schedule, 
Friday afternoon next week. Grim reality, a tag team out of the Michigan area. They wrestle in and around Detroit quite a bit and other surrounding Midwest states. You can also plan to not be with us next Sunday because due to me being at the Las Vegas area for AEW pay-per-view, we will not be running next Sunday, but we'll be back the following week. We got Dave Sullivan, brother of Kevin Sullivan, coming in. We also have Mick Tarch coming up in several weeks. Lots of big names in talks right now, so we will keep you abreast as the ink dries on some of them. But you can find me on the Book of Faces, the Twitter, the Gram, the YouTubes. Go search it out. The Sign of the Times, episode 581, will be available later today. That was filmed at an undisclosed location yesterday, so once it is uploaded, you can jump on the YouTubes. Hopefully you'll subscribe to the YouTubes. Otherwise, it gives Stomp and Steve a sneezy head and a nervous stomach. Also, Chicken Bob available on all the social medias. He will also be in Las Vegas, so come say hello to Chicken Bob if you see him walking around the Las Vegas area. Jump on the show with Coach tonight, listening to that with Kenny Lush. And also you can find me next Saturday. I will be making my Versus Pro Wrestling debut in the aforementioned Las Vegas, Nevada. So check that out, and we will talk to you soon.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.